Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Welcome to Crossroads Charismatic. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're about to open your word, and we're about to say some things that we believe you've given us to share with others. And Lord, we dare not come on our own strength. We depend on you. We ask, dear Lord, that you bless this word to some soul today who's thirsting and seeking. May they find the answers in the word of God today in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Matthew 21, 1 through 11 is my text. And if you have your Bible with you, you can turn there. If you don't, shame on you. <laughs> Reading from the precious word. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your, come, your king comes to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is Matthew's account of Palm Sunday, so named to celebrate and remember Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. After three and a half years of his ministry, it seemed that he was about to be crowned king of Israel. And his disciples were overcome with joy because his acceptance would justify their devotion and annihilate suspicion 
and end the contempt that they had endured for three and a half years. But little did they know that the same crowd crying crown him in less than a week would be crying crucify. Now, Jerusalem was crowded at Passover. Passover was the feast, you know, that they celebrated the event when the death angel came through Egypt and killed the firstborn of the Egyptians. And every year at Passover, pilgrim Jews from all over the world came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Well, they had a saying, Jews all over the world celebrate Passover. And they say, if they're not in Jerusalem, they say, this year, here, next year, in Jerusalem. And it is still the cry of Jews everywhere, this year, here, next year, in Jerusalem. They still hope to celebrate Passover in Jerusalem. As many as two million came in Jesus' day, one historian says, and few of those visiting Jews had ever heard of Jesus. And many of Israel's residents had never seen him. And all of the Passover crowd knew Zechariah 9.9, the promise that Jesus, or that the Messiah, would come riding on a donkey, the foal of an ass. And they went on to interpret that scripture as the Messiah delivering them from Roman oppression and to reestablish the kingdom of Solomon and David. And so for all of those who had never seen him or heard of him, the question was, who is this? And I believe the question is a universal one. Many today experience an inner urging to live a better life than they live. And mixed with that calling to a better life is the conviction that they have failed to do all they could, all that is required to find peace with themselves. Who is this? How dare he disturb our souls? Does he have any hope to give? Hungry hearts are searching. What authority does he have to confront us with our failures? And primitive man and scientists in their laboratories are still asking, who is? this. And the attempts to answer the question fills man's history. 
musicians have outdone themselves and each other with songs that glorify Christ. By the way, oftentimes when I sit here in worship service, I want to tell Pastor Ronnie to sit still, let me up there. And the soul-stirring music about him brings comfort to aching hearts. And many songs of praise bring tears of joy. And music reminds us of God's promise of substance and salvation. But when all the harps are silent, the question still remains, who is this? And Christian artists throughout the centuries, have attempted to answer the question. They have painted religious themes. They run the gamut from the sublime to the horrific. But the truth is that no colors, bold or beautiful, will do justice to Jesus. An artist may set forth the horrors of his cross and the beauty of his resurrection, the glory of his ascension, the anticipation of his return, the question remains, who is this? Architects have tried to build cathedrals that would honor him. And all over the world, buildings are built, great cathedrals, many of them splendiferous in their beauty. But in spite of the size and the decor and the shape, the wonderful accessories, most of them are cold as death. I've been in the church of the nativity in Jerusalem or in Israel. Bethlehem, the star over his supposed birthplace, it's large, solid silver, Adorned with jewels. I thought they were huge brass candlesticks, but our guide told me they were gold. I've been in the church built over his supposed tomb where the decor outshines that of his nativity. But wherever men have built temples in his honor, if you visit them, you will leave asking, who is this? And orators and writers and sculptors and poets and scholars and preachers feel their inadequacy to set him forth in all his glory and to tell the truth no man unaided by the Spirit can answer the question, who is this? And the answers they gave on Palm Sunday were true, but they were woefully inadequate. They said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And the reply is, Jesus is a common name, and it really was. There are many among us 
with that name, and Joshua and Jude and Judas, all mean Jehovah is salvation. What sets this Jesus apart from the other Jesus? Well, this is Jesus, the prophet. We've had many prophets. Is this Jesus, the reincarnation of Elisha or Elijah or even John the Baptist? King Herod thought so. That answer is unconvincing. So again, the answer, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. And they had a saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, you know, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Galilee, that's a hotbed of insurrection. That province gives us more trouble. And they said no prophet ever came from Galilee. So, he's no prophet. He's a nobody. So the crowd lost interest and melted away. What a tragedy. They had found the one they prayed and hoped for. And they did not recognize him. And it's so today. It's still so. For those who need him most still hear the wrong answers. Faith's wings are clipped by reason's scissors. And as a consequence of accepting the wrong answers or rejecting the right answer, Jerusalem was doomed and their kingdom was lost. And it's still tragic. Souls are lost. Society rots because we have forgotten who this is. And there was an amazing change in the attitude of the crowd in the procession. For in the open country, they called Jesus the son of David. They said, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And all that was witness to Jesus as Messiah. But in the city, they were intimidated by hostile Jewish leaders. What a difference. Now he is only a prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. but it's no different now. Examine the records of almost any church, and you will find there are more inactive members than there are active ones. Once those dropouts were deacons and Bible teachers and leaders and soul winners and tragically ministers. What happened? Judging from their lives now, Christ is a nobody to them. They're still diligent at work, still active in their lodge or club, but worship and witnessing and giving become an afterthought. No wonder our witness is so weak. 
If the average business establishment receives no more loyalty from its employees than the church does from its members, it would go bankrupt in a year. And the pew is giving the wrong answer too. Much preaching in this day admires Jesus, but does not proclaim him. And they tout him as a great teacher and a miracle worker and so forth. And all that is true, but that's not enough. And modern scholarship is guilty too. A school of radical criticism has risen and struck devastating blows against the faith once delivered to the saints. And that faith was once for all delivered to the saints. Methods have changed, they must. But the message never will. And their answer to the question confuses. Honest Christians destroys the faith of many. A hundred years ago, an English statement, Lloyd George said to the world, it is Christ or chaos. It is still Christ or chaos. And he is equal to the chaos but it must be a whole Christ, not just a prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Look at the question again. Who is this? And think about the admiring and devoted men across history who have given their opinion. Napoleon said, I know men, and I tell you Jesus Christ is more than a man. Alexander and Caesar and myself founded empires, but the foundation of our empire was force. Jesus Christ founded an empire on love, and this day millions would die for him. Renan said, all history is incomprehensible apart from Christ. It was true in his day and is in ours. This man has divided history into B.C. and A.D. And whether the world knows it or not, every document they sign and date, they are giving witness to this man. Every check you write, you are giving testimony that the Christ came. It is inescapable. You cannot get away from this man. Who is this? And I could pray before you the name of the great men of history, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Alexander, and others ad infinitum, but the one name above them all is Jesus Christ. It is a name above every name. And it matters. It matters what men have replied to the question, who is this? 
but it matters most what God has said in his word about who this is. And John's gospel records one short, pithy answer. This is my beloved son. Hear him. And other scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ was pre-existent. He is eternal. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He is one with God. He that has seen me has seen the Father, he said. He was virgin born, lived a sinless life, died vicariously and victoriously, rose from the grave, ascended to glory, and he's coming again. Those are God's answer to the question, who is this? But this morning it matters little how others answer the question. What is your answer to the question? Who is this? And you must answer for yourself. You see, you can answer in faith and repentance and trust and love. In commitment to him and his will, you can confess him as Savior and Lord, or you can do what thousands of millions have done. Ignore the question. Ignore the Savior. But this service, June 27, 2021, marks the time you heard the truth. And from this day on, you will know Jesus Christ is God's Son and the only Lord of all. Who is this? What do you say? Jesus Christ is Lord of the church that bears his name. And our opinions divide us at many points of doctrine, but there is one thing that binds us together. And that is a person of Christ. And all who serve him are one family. And we ought to treat each other as family. Amen. Now, every family has at least one odd member. <laughs> and some whole families are odd. <laughs> Nevertheless, Blood is thicker than water, and we're talking about the precious blood of Christ. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And when I see the division between denominations and conventions and local churches, I tremble with shame for my part in church politics and the past. But when I look at my nation divided down the middle, I tremble in terror, for I remember that Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah. I saw a yard sign this week. It said, why don't we just get along? I thought that would be a good motto for any church. 
And while we cannot tolerate the world's standards, we can adopt the truth wherever we find it, even on a yard sign. Who is this? Well, this is Jesus. Lord of his church. And if God's Spirit has spoken to you this morning, do whatever he prompts you to do. If it's to receive him as Savior, open your heart and invite him in. If it's to join this body of worshipers, do that. If Christ is really your Lord, there is only, there's one thing you cannot say to him. You cannot say, no, Lord. It's a contradiction of terms. If he is Lord, you can only say, yes, Lord, and obey. Our praise team's coming. We're going to have a word of invitation. Pastors available here. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.